A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. I will not let this republic that has stood for a thousand years be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. You must realize there aren't enough Jedi to protect the republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. I will create a grand army of the republic to counter the increasing threats of the Zeppelins. That's good news. I have tracked the bounty hunter Jango Fett to the droid foundries in Geonosis. The dark side clouds everything. Yep. We will find out who's trying to kill you, Padme. I promise you. That's why I'm here. It is obvious that this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the Force, but by our skills with a lightsaber. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. I haven't seen her in ten years, Master. Just being around her again is intoxicating. You wanna buy some death sticks? If Master Obi-Wan caught me doing this, he'd be very grumpy. Why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? You're studying to become a Jedi? I'm... I'm a senator. It'll take us to a place we cannot go. We could keep it a secret. It is with great reluctance that I have agreed to this calling. I love democracy. I love the Republic. Dello Felagets. Welcome back to episode 38 of Inside Quotes. I am Representative Jonathan, here with my brother, Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Johnny? Johnny! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Jonathan, I'm so excited for today's episode, because this is one of my favorite Star Wars movies, and if you want to announce who is with us today, that would also be cool. One of our other Delofelegates... Yes, a previous Dello fellow on the podcast, in fact. He was with us on our Princess Bride episode. Everybody welcome Paul Smith back to the show. How we doing? Woo! It is you! Annie! <laughs> Little Annie! <laughs> Man, Paul, welcome back. Well, I When was the last time... It was Princess Bride. You're on our yeah, show. It's Princess Bride. Um, I, you made a little appearance for the staple bracket. I yeah. did. I did. I called yeah. in for the for the bracket. I, I was going to ask about that. Did you did you see the final result of the bracket? I did not actually. Oh man, you didn't listen back to it. No. Ooh. I fake guest. <clears throat> Dang. Mm. I did. I did watch the Phantom, or I listened to the Phantom Menace episode, so I'm I'm getting back into it. So oh, good. good. We just put that one out today as we're recording this episode. Well, um, it fared pretty good in the bracket. I'll say it was in the uh, top two, right, Jeremy? Yep. Wow. Top, top two. two. Did not win. My arguments were compelling, just not enough. Not enough. You got it. Got it all. Almost all the way there. Do you want to know what it lost to? What did it lose to? National Treasure. Yep. I can live with that. Yep. Nobody can be mad at that, I don't think. It it beat home alone, so that's good. As much as as much as Nicolas Cage is only Nicolas Cage, I think I can deal with that. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> National Treasure was definitely the staple in our house. Oh, it's yep. it's it's rewatchability is top marks. Infinite. Yeah, top marks Infinite. on on rewatchability. <laughs> yep. 
Well, Jeremy, I guess technically this week is your turn. So do you want to tell everyone what we will be talking about this week? Sure is. Um, So this week I chose, big surprise, Attack of the Clones. And if you don't know what that is, it is the second ever Star Wars movie ever made. Ever made. Um, (laughs) Because it's called Episode 2. And with that, I would like to say I have a strong feeling next week we will be doing Episode 3. So... Spoiler alert, but this week we're talking about Attack of the Clones, one of my favorite, if not the favorite, Star Wars movie. And that might be weird to say, but for you, um, for me, Hmm. I never really came to terms with it. Like everybody bashes on this movie because Hayden Christensen is a horrible actor. Yes, he's so terrible. Wasn't given much to work with, though. It's quite cringe. He didn't no, he did not have much to work with. Put that aside, this movie is the most entertaining Star Wars movie there is. I don't know, I'm going with Attack of the Clones as of now. We'll see about next week if I like Revenge of the Sith more, but okay. this one is just way more entertaining and this is my first memory of a movie in theaters, I think. I it might not have been my first movie, but it's one of my first actual memories of being in a movie theater. It was the first time just all soaking three of it us, in. It was definitely the first time all three of us were in a movie theater together. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Which is why Paul's on our show today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. A show. I just distinctly remember recording the the Princess Bride episode, and he's like, "Bro, you gotta have us on for you gotta have me on for Attack of the Clones." Yes, <laughs> just like he's always been in the back of my mind. Like, okay, Paul's gonna be on that one. Only because I want I want to talk about the sand quote. That is the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> what are your feelings about it? Do you like it or are you pro or anti sand? Let's save that. We'll save that after okay. after a, a word from our sponsors. Oh, <laughs> Jeremy, remind me to get some sponsors later. Okay. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, yeah. We should we we should probably get some sponsors. Okay. All right. Sponsored by Clearwater Maybe, Beach. Just uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Dex's Diner. Get the best cup of Jawa juice in town. Obi-Wan! <laughs> Hello, Dex. <laughs> Hello, Dex. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that. We We all saw this movie together. I'm going to be honest. I actually don't remember seeing it with you guys. Oh, I was really <laughs> hoping you would say that. <laughs> I was really hoping you wouldn't say that because I don't remember my surroundings. I remember it was at Movico and I remember watching the movie and not blinking. I I remember being there. I definitely remember it at the movie theater. And yeah. I was glued to the screen. I mean, it was... yeah. When did it come out? 2003? Two. 2002? 2002. Yeah. So, so I was in like first grade. Yeah, I was 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's like prime, prime age. Perfect. To just be enthralled with, yep. especially the like a, a 10 year old seeing the mm-hmm. whole like droid making process and Anakin and, and Padme like falling through the whole thing. Like I have stuff to talk about that later when we get as to an that, almost yeah. 30 year old, like I get really impatient at that part, but I, like remembering as, as like a 10 year old, I was just like, I couldn't get closer to the screen, dude. It was, it was awesome. I remember physically standing up and not being able to sit down, like watching this movie. It's well, you were nice. short enough, so yeah, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> 
that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, so I, I know that I, I guess I saw it with you guys. I don't remember it because if I saw it with you guys, it was my second viewing. Cause I remember seeing this movie with Chad and his parents. They took us to see it like the opening weekend. And I have this distinct memory of going to the theater with them and they bought like snacks, like movie snacks for me, which like that didn't happen in our house. Yeah, we never did. (laughs) No, you better eat. You better eat before you go because it's too expensive. Okay, we're just a simple family trying to make our way through the universe. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses and so are we. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are no exception. We, We are the Joneses and we couldn't even keep up with ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> but I just remember sitting one in one of the kind of closer rows, not the very first row, but kind of one of the first rows in the in the theater. And I'm just getting ready for this movie, and I'm sitting there with a box of squirms, <laughs> the sour gummy worms, <laughs> oh. and a huge like extra large Pepsi that like <laughs> doesn't even fit in the cup holder. It's so big, almost like. <laughs> and so I always just pair this movie with like when this movie comes on and like the ship is sailing in after the the opening crawl, I just want some sour gummy worms and a Pepsi. (laughs) This was the first movie. This is when we first got those, um, those kids trays. Oh, I don't know if they were invented back then, but it was invented to me (laughs) at that time. So, um, I thought it was the neatest thing getting to carry around a tiny little cardboard box with a two ounce drink and a handful of popcorn and fruit snacks. And I thought it was the greatest thing on earth. But I remember this being the first movie where those were available to us. Yeah, me and Jeremy have talked in the past about like pretty much every movie we saw in theaters. We're pretty sure you were there. Like we just went with your family probably. (laughs) (laughs) We have a joke now saying every time we have a like a childhood story that we tell, we're always like, so where was Paul in this? Because he's usually going to be in it. (laughs) We just assume that you're there. Well, um, last episode, we talked to our guest, Tyler, about how he got into Star Wars and that sort of thing. Do you do you care to tell us your Star Wars story? Uh, it was just always there. I, I don't remember ever not knowing about it because I've got I've got siblings that are. Uh, I mean, my oldest brother is 10 years older than me. Uh, I got an older si- uh, sister that's seven years older than me, and then I got another older brother that's six years older than me so um and and my parents first date ever was going to see a new hope wow. so so that's like wow yeah so it's it's Goals. a part it's a part of it i mean that's it's so just, special isn't it though but yeah like we had uh we had the original vhs trilogy and it was just one of those things you know, when the Saturday morning cartoons were over, you know, in the summers, I had this rigorous routine of watching <laughs> either Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. And th- those six films were on were on permanent rotation. When I tell people about my childhood, they don't understand it. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> that is the most normal thing to do on a Saturday. If you're not, if you're staying at home, you go outside for a little bit, yeah, but your Saturdays consist of watching movies and nothing else. Like, we would take turns watching movies, and we'd have to pick. For our wayfaring uh, listeners here, um, 
Florida summers are some of the worst things on God's green earth. Yep. <laughs> and so what you do is you go outside for about a healthy 45 minutes until your clothes are thoroughly Drenched. soaked with Drenched. sweat. In our 100% you... cotton t-shirts that we wore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you come inside, you get a, a crisp cup of water Ooh. or, or, or uh, you know, Capri Sun if you're rich. Ooh, yep. <laughs> and then you watch a movie and you cool down and then you go back outside and you lather, rinse, repeat. That's the, yep. that's the Florida summer. Unless Until you've got three rich o'clock. friends. And then you go and you go to theme parks and yeah. bush gardens and <laughs> you, you go places and do things that I didn't have the pleasure of doing. Nope. That, that, was was the, uh, that was the, that was very accurate on Florida summers. You left one part out is around three o'clock every day is when we start a new movie because that's when it would start raining. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the sun shower, the brutal... We had to get them all in before hurricane season. Cause who yeah. knows if we're going to lose power or not. That's Nobody knows. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. The brutal <laughs> moist sun shower where you can see it steaming off the asphalt. Not many people, <laughs> not many people know what it feels like to feel some warm, hot rain. <laughs> it is, not fun (laughs) but yeah so uh it's always been a thing and then you know the first one came out in 99 yeah so we were we were seven Mm -hmm. so uh, it didn't take very long before we were we were in the thick of the prequels and so i was just getting i was just getting fed and i loved it Mm -hmm. yep so then it was just like i i had enough of the exposure of the of the original trilogy from my parents. Cause my dad was a big sci-fi guy in his, in his youth. And uh, so he loved the fact that I loved star Wars. And so he just let me watch him on, on repeat. Didn't really care. And then he started taking, uh, taking me to see the, the prequels. And he wasn't like every, like every boomer wasn't the biggest fan of the prequels, but unfortunate. But but he liked that I liked it, so that's, that's so that's that's good enough. So mm-hmm. and my mom was just, does it entertain them? So I don't have to mess with them. And yeah. then it's yeah. like, yes, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to them. But yeah, that's pretty much it. It's always it's always been there. Uh, had the Jar Jar plushy plush Ooh. toys. I had the T-shirt. Do you remember? I remember you guys talking about this last episode about like the like you were talking about the jersey, Jeremy. Yeah, we actually just posted on Instagram right now if you wanted to look at it. Do you guys remember those shirts that they used to make with like the gel prints and they oh, were like yeah. super thick? And yeah, it's not and you, once again not good for Florida summers. Yeah. So you buy it and then like eight minutes in, the sun has like has like seared it yeah. into your skin. And there's like this ring of sweat around this like gelatin. You pull it off jar, and jar. it sticks to your skin. <laughs> yeah. You have the suction. That's a good yeah. deal. It's like this nineteen ninety nine oh. like gelatin print on this like <laughs> crappy t shirt. I remember that shirt. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. <laughs> So I had those, had the socks, we had the Legos, uh, dude, the, yeah. the, the arms race between me and Jonathan getting these Lego sets, these, these Star Wars <laughs> Lego sets was so intense. So intense. Yeah, man. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Legos, but some of the most like nostalgic images ever made 
or like seeing just like the original Star like Phantom Menace Star Wars Lego yes. sets that came out and the artwork that came out with that. Yep. I think it was like the first time like a franchise had been like given the license to make Legos and it started with Star Wars. Yeah. And so huge. it was this huge thing and I it's, the saddest thing is I don't have like any of those sets. I just have like random pieces. Like I've got have... one like random uh Jake Lloyd Anakin yeah uh, minifigure <laughs> they're so expensive anymore too it's like they unfortunately have been cast into the abyss of yeah. miscellaneous box of legos the community bucket <laughs> yeah it just gets yeah. mixed in yeah i i the only thing i can recognize now is some random tan pieces and then like the droid ship from phantom menace but yeah star wars toys whole new level of toys right there yeah, I remember my mom because like you were saying the same thing about how like because you and I were both just like an unhealthy level of Jar Jar Binks obsession. <laughs> yep. And so my mom like kept buying us like well and like my twin sister she was just like my own personal lemming so she just liked what I liked. <laughs> so when I got this the Jar Jar Binks toy, she wanted the exact same one. And I remember, like, the only Jar Jar Binks toy that I didn't like was my mom bought this thing. It was, like, this thing was, like, three feet tall. It had, like, the weird, like, half the body was plush because it moved around. But then, like, the head was, like, that plastic rubbery, like, trying to make it look lifelike. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and its mouth moved. And it just had, like, the random quotes that you just, like hit the button in the back and it would like have its quotes. It was like the weirdest (laughs) freakiest toy that I've ever seen. And she like gave it to me and I'm like, how do I fake this and make sure that she thinks I like it? Cause this thing is freaky. We should also, we should do a disclaimer, Jonathan, since just in case if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to our Phantom Menace episode, uh, we need to put out a disclaimer that two things. One, we will not apologize for loving the prequels. They are amazing, and they're a big part of our childhood, and they are staples. Two, we stand Jar Jar with a passion, and if you have anything bad to say, you can leave, Napoleon. All right. <laughs> um, so now that we got that out of the way, we can continue way. with our childhood memories. So I was 10 when the second one came out. I was seven when the first one. So I just felt like I was just like the perfect age for these yeah. movies, like to to understand them somewhat at least you know when they're coming out but for it not to just be something i go and see as like a little kid and half remember like it was just imprinted on me and i was obsessed and yep i think attack the clones was probably like during the prequel times like this was my peak like fandom oh prime prime i was so pumped from the first one but then like we were saying it took like three years for each one to come Mm -hmm. out so it was like little bit of time had passed it'd been a while but suddenly like things are gearing up the second one's about to come out and i was super excited dude i remember you and i being at fca and we were on those library <laughs> windows 98 computers and we oh. were we were on on www.attackoftheclones.net and we were <laughs> and we were looking at all the wallpapers yeah we were yeah. looking at dude we were so into it we were like trying to read all the little character bios we were doing everything we could to get as much information that we could find at tenure because you know you and i are only six months apart yeah in age so like it was just so it was everything 
I was like, who is this guy? What, what's Django? What's Django? This dude looks crazy because he had his own wallpaper, right? He's got yeah. his gun out and he's got the whole army of clones behind him. Yeah. I'm like, dude. Those nope. like production promo photos were like really cool. I always remember those. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. Are, those are good. Dude, yeah. you remember those Valentine's Day cards that we got? <laughs> those holographic ones? I couldn't yeah. believe we could afford those. <laughs> holographic. <laughs> we got Attack of the Clones uh, Valentine's Day cards. It was the greatest thing ever. And we reused those for at least six or seven years. <laughs> hey. Waste not, want not. Yep. <laughs> there was also, during this period, there was this website I used to go to called movies.go.com oh yeah this was like my go-to movie news website that i went to all the time every day on the fca library computers (laughs) um because like 2002 i feel like that was just like peak all the movies we love coming out yep like early 2000s there's never going to be a better time because we had the prequels coming out we were getting a new lord of the rings movie every year we had at this point we had already gotten the first first harry potter or the second one had come out the same year yep everything spider-man was coming out Spider-Man was huge i mean we didn't have the mcu spider-man was like the biggest superhero everything was coming out coming out and so i think there was like a scooby-doo movie that came out it was like everything was coming out but i remember that that website the movies website had a like an upcoming movies section and so even Mm -hmm. stuff that like wasn't officially announced or anything like i just remember like i would look at this list and it would have this slate of like movies scheduled or people would speculate are going to be coming out in the next few years. And it would have like revenge of the Sith and it would have like Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire and all this stuff like years down the line. And I just remember, I remember like going to the website and looking at it and just through the years getting sadder as like certain movies kind of fell off that list. Oh. <laughs> like you kind of get to the end, like especially at the end of um, like when Harry Potter ended, that was kind of like, it's like, Oh man, what am I, what am I looking forward to? What yeah. am I living for these days? You know, <laughs> the end of an era. <laughs> but yeah, I think even at like 10, I think I was still bought. Like, I think I bought some like action figures at this time. I, I kind of yep. remember like buying more toys this time in my life than I did. Like when the first one came out, I, I guess I just had done some kids, kids biz and yeah, gotten some kids some, biz. Some this money. is where it mattered. <laughs> Cause <laughs> not, we didn't, we, our budget was like a dollar a week that we had to save up. But now, <laughs> We had to save up four dollars ninety six cents. It was tough. Every day we were hustling, <laughs> trying to vacuum the car to get like fifty yep. cents. <laughs> and then I would try to vacuum it after he vacuumed it because I was like, "Mom, you know he didn't do that good of a job. You want to pay me to do it right?" <laughs> he he left a McDonald's French fry under the back seat. That's <laughs> <laughs> hard as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's only two hours old. I got some action figures. I remember getting, and I still have this to this day, this like card game. It was Attack of the Clones themed. And it was like some kind of game that you could play that I never really learned how to, (laughs) never really learned the rules to. But I have all the cards. It had like pictures from the movie and it was, it was a game you're supposed to be able to play, but I just have it in a binder saved as if they're like Pokemon cards or something. (laughs) The thing I always did was the books. Like, like I was just looking at Jonathan's uh, encyclopedias here that he has, and we always got those. But um, unlike the Jones family, the Smith family has this thing about dogs, and we love <laughs> dogs, and we've had many of them. And the thing that all of our dogs have loved to do is eat 
books. Books. And so almost all of my X-Men encyclopedias, Star Wars, mm. Hogwarts, all of it. I've lost oh, almost man. all of them from, from dogs. Just No wonder mom has them. so many books. Because we yeah. didn't have a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't become cannon fodder for the yeah. dog. Yeah, I remember there was this like Marvel <laughs> book, like visual dictionary encyclopedia thing at the FCA library. I remember you like looking at that all the time. Oh, I love it. Dude, I love it. I, 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 like I just, I was just looking at it like 20 minutes ago. I just love it. I love looking at that stuff. I, I did have one other story around this time that I wanted to tell. Do you remember um, at FCA in the fifth grade, that was the year that you got to like serve lunches? to the elementary school kids. Do you remember that? Did you get to do that? Yeah. I think I was kind of forced to do that regardless because mom was in charge of hot lunches, but. And have we, we've talked about like the very unhealthy lunches we had at, at school. Right? Oh, we yeah. talked about the fast food. Oh, the fast food extravaganza. Yeah. So Monday, Monday Papa John's. <laughs> All right. Tuesday, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Wednesday, worst day of the week. Dude, checkers. checkers, bro. The driest. Checkers was- no <laughs> toppings, just a patty. Not even cheese, dude. Styrofoam with ketchup old packets, burger. bro. That's so, so gross. bad. That's that was a hate crime. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no. Um Thursday, best day, Chick-fil-A. And then Friday, we had pizza again yeah. from Papa John's. I mean, four out of five days isn't a bad mm-hmm. spread. I know. That yeah, dude, that checkers day was was rough, bro. <laughs> Getting that <laughs> ice cold ketchup and squirting it on. <laughs> hot take ketchup that's not room temperature is bad ketchup. Dude, hot take ketchup is bad ketchup. Oh, <laughs> a mustard hate, guy, I see. I hate ketchup, bro. I remember fifth grade being the year where, like, you could um, volunteer to like serve lunches and you'd get your lunches for free. So yep. our mom, like, kind of like force i mean we wanted to do it because we thought it'd be cool but it was kind of like anytime they offer that you do it (laughs) free lunch (laughs) so i did that and i remember at the time not only did we have like unhealthy lunches but like the snacks were also equally unhealthy because it was like fruit (laughs) roll-ups fruit roll-ups and a soda can frito-lay chips (laughs) yeah you either get a sprite or a or a coke coke to drink Yikes. And uh, I remember the fruit roll-ups had these uh, giveaways. They had these Attack of the Clones keychains in them. Ooh! And it was like it was like a little it had like a little carabiner plastic clip, and it had the keychain. It was like a picture of a, a Jedi character. I think there was four or five of them. It had a Jedi from the movie, and then on the back it had like a little bio and like description. They're they're like Jedi rank oh. kind of stuff we probably were looking at on the website. But it was this thing, and I remember me and one of my classmates, uh, Monty, we we were serving at the same time, and we would like run to like the lunchroom because like we'd (laughs) open up the the fruit roll up box for the day, and we'd like see what keychain was in there, and we'd like try and like see who could get them all first. (laughs) And I still have those keychains. I collected them all first. I got them before Monty. And it was like nice. one was Mace Windu, one was Yoda, one was Obi Wan, and then Anakin. I think was the fourth one. I think it was just four. But it was like this whole Attack of the Clones promo, and I was like trying to collect them all, and, and I did. I, I have a I have another Monty story for Revenge of the Sith, but I'll save it. Okay. Actually, I have another Monty story for this one too. We, me, Monty, and Chad <laughs> talked about this movie all the time. 
And I remember, do you remember in art class at FCA, you know how you'd have the portfolios that you could decorate yeah. yourself? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Monty, <laughs> Monty had these like stick figure drawings of like the arena scene of like all the classic quotes. Oh. It was just like all the stuff like, oh, we decided to come rescue you. And Obi-Wan like looking at him sarcastically and like, good job. <laughs> <laughs> he had like all these pictures. I remember we like, we just started making up random like funny scenes that we thought would be funny. And we drew them all on like the back of our like FCA art portfolio. Which is just two, two poster boards taped together with taped masking together. tape. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very uh, high caliber. <laughs> So what you're telling me, Jonathan, is that Monty is the OG prequel memer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> OG. He's making him himself. Who thought it was a good idea? Like, who, who's the genius that started that with just finding the most mediocre lines that nobody quoted, and you quote them as if they're the best dialogue ever written? I don't know what you're talking about, Jeremy. This was the best. It was the arena scene and all that dialogue was, was that That was, that was great. great, yeah. But most prequel memes. I was thinking that episode two is the most quotable out yep. of the three prequels I for agree. sure. Yeah, they're, it's got the most from start to finish. And they're the most like cringy and ridiculous and hilarious from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Possibly. And I actually I was watching a, a TikTok and someone was defending Revenge of the Sith and they were talking about like everyone says these movies have bad dialogue but you know every single line to these movies. Yep. What's that say, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these have good lines in them. <laughs> Maybe um, it is just the memes, but yeah. I have one more FCA story that I just remember. Okay. <laughs> so, um before this came out, um I guess it was the end of the year. And we were, I was in fifth grade at the time. And do you remember like the OG Mr. Merle PE teacher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it was like one of the last days of school. And he like came into our class. It was before like the PE period or whatever. And he was just like, guys, I got to tell you something. I just saw a great movie last night. I was like, <laughs> what? He went at midnight to see Star Wars? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he did. And he... And he uh, he was talking about it, and he even spoiled the ending. Of what? It. Oh no! Because I, I just remember him talking about, it and he's just like, "I gotta tell you guys." At the end, we see a little green guy use his lightsaber for the first time, and he just like spoiled it that like Ooh. Yoda was gonna have this lightsaber battle <laughs> oh, at the end of the no. movie. So I knew that going into it. Oh, but no. like, I wasn't like mad about it at the time. It was like spoilers don't matter when you're a kid. You want to know the spoilers? It didn't really matter. It was like I still loved it. <laughs> And I think he knew that. I think he just had to tell somebody. <laughs> he just had to tell somebody because yeah. he had seen this movie and had no one to tell. Because yeah, I guess none of the other teachers. franchise for these sixth graders real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just remember like he was so excited to tell us and he was like telling us all this stuff about it. And I don't really remember everything he said. I just remember specifically that he, he spoiled Yoda. The most bombad scene of the movie. Probably. Yoda versus yeah. Count Dooku. Where yeah. it's a... Count Dooku uh, stunt double with his face superimposed onto it. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty obvious. It's pretty pretty tough. Well, it gets pretty bad in uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith too with Palpatine. You can see it pretty bad in those scenes too. I'll, I'll be curious when we when we rewatch that one next. But I was I was going into this episode pretty much prepared to say this one has like the worst CGI. I feel like oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but at the same time. It's like 
this movie had to walk so others could run. Like these prequels developed all this technology so that all the other movies could basically come after it and do it better. But yeah, <laughs> I almost I wish Warwick Davis would just have worn a Yoda outfit and figured <laughs> it out because <laughs> that CGI is you don't so... like C- CGI Yoda. Uh, it's tough, man. Like nowadays it wouldn't bother me, mm-hmm. but back in 2002, it, it was tough. I mean. That was my critique of the the original Hulk movie, amongst many critiques, was how terrible <laughs> the CGI was. He looked like an obese Gumby and just <laughs> running around. I, I guess I was too young to even care about the CGI. I was just so amazed because I actually wrote a note down. I just remember being so like awed and amazed at how big, like the city, what like Coruscant and like that whole yeah. scene. I thought yeah. that was amazing. In, in real time, it didn't bother me. But like as an adult now, yeah. you know, looking back, being a punk, it's like uh, CGI. It looks better in standard definition. It doesn't yeah. look good when you're of watching the, the 4K version here. But yeah, episode two is definitely one of the bigger scale. Like it's got a real big scale mm-hmm. as far as like just how immense the landscape is Yeah, for, for the whole storyline when you're just zigzagging from Coruscant to Camino to and we thought Phantom Menace was big this is this is bigger yeah yeah I wrote it down this one goes to five different planets yeah it starts out at Coruscant they go to Naboo they go to Camino Tatooine and then we end up on Geonosis yeah so but but this one does do a lot of planet hopping and one thing I was thinking of I think around the first few times I saw it I think it's kind of confusing at certain parts because you're like cutting back and forth between Tatooine and Geonosis. Yeah. And they both obviously like they're both kind of like sand planets and the color scheme is kind of the same because it's like it maybe Geonosis has more of a reddish tint, but then you hop over to Tatooine and it's like sunset time. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's like bouncing around with different times and different times of day and it's very similar and it's kind of cool. hard to know like who's on what planet is Obi-Wan on yeah. Tatooine. Who's on yeah. Geonosis. It's, I don't think there's a linear line, <laughs> a linear line. I don't think there's a linear timeline for like when and where Padme and Anakin are. Cause I feel like they're in five different planets at once. No, it's, it's pretty, I, I think it's pretty linear. I mean, it, it moves right along. Anakin's trying to get hot and fresh on Naboo and then, and then he constantly, his, constantly, yeah. Yeah. emphasis on constantly because he does not quit homeboy homeboy's got some <laughs> homeboy's laying it on thick <laughs> yeah well she covered the cameras i don't think she liked him watching her yeah that is so creepy like <laughs> i don't think oh, she likes me watching her <laughs> i thought about her every day for 10 years yeah she barely and then recognizes she com- me jar 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 She's, she, she went and said, she went and said, you'll always be that little boy we found on Tatooine. Ooh. Ouch. Take the hint, Annie. Come on, dude. Nah, he's going to be a feisty little punk. Prime example of the friend zone right there. Yeah. Hey, but and he successfully prime example of getting out of it. He got out. He, he navigated the, the friend zone. Makes yeah. the most cringily way. It defies logic, yeah. but he did it. Not uh, like here where it's soft. And smooth. <laughs> okay. Yikes. Okay, I, I have a question for you because I know we're going to get into all this awkward, cringy scenes between 
Padme and Anakin. <laughs> but do you have a scene that stands out as maybe like their best exchange? The awkward scene where um I love how I started it out with saying it's awkward. The awkward scene. <laughs> the awkward scene where they're eating dinner and he like floats a pear to her. Mm-hmm. Or he slices it off and then he uses the force to like sensually send a pear <laughs> to her face. <laughs> I was actually telling him before the podcast, I think I think the most natural scene that works was when he was working on that thing in the basement after he just like melees an entire tribe of sand people mm-hmm. and oh. and he 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 gives the another iconic quote of you know not just the men but the women <laughs> and the children too and he just like, like animals <laughs> yeah and he just like lays it on thick and it's like the most like normal it's like the most normal exchange because it's actually decent acting from Hayden yeah. Christensen and Natalie Portman wasn't terrible. So it was like, okay, hey, she did way better in this movie than the first she one. She did. She did. But <laughs> it was just like the most like believable scene. Yeah. To me in the whole film between just them two. Cause then the, after that, it's like, they're just running around like shooting at stuff or <laughs> The last part, the last shot of the movie is pretty iconic. I think everyone would say that. Yeah. Like right after they get married, they hold hands with his cold, lifeless, golden <laughs> hand. Excuse me. That's that... an echno hand. So respect. Okay. <laughs> he read that in a book just before we started recording. <laughs> Anyways, I thought it was awkward just now rewatching it today. Okay. You just got married and the pastor or whatever they call them uh, just awkwardly inches away just walks away from them so they just like turn around and like stare into the distance for like 30 seconds <laughs> and it's like if you get married you're just gonna not do that like that's that's weird i don't know you just have to watch it again that's the response it's... that you have whenever you know you just get married and john williams and the orchestra are playing in the background that's you know? what i would do too but you just I can't believe turn around and look at there. the look at the view that's what you do <laughs> they're just like okay now we're married now what (laughs) you feel the williams moment i was gonna say of their their exchanges of the ones that are the the scenes where it's like trying to show them like starting to fall in love and things like that i i I thought the the scene where they're outside having like the picnic i actually thought that wasn't like too terrible it wasn't it was some of the exchange there maybe that's just because that's the scene right after the like i don't like sand yeah. yeah. Oh, with those big, I like mean, those the big fat one. butt looking things. When he, oh, you're talking about the uh, when he's surfing them sweet potato things. <laughs> yeah, sweet potatoes. They look like they <laughs> look like, like sweet potatoes. If ticks, if ticks were elephants, is like what they look like. Yeah, <laughs> because they have like these huge butts with tiny little legs. <laughs> <laughs> they're so weird looking. Yeah, they're they're just like talking about politics there, and before they even get into that, she's talking about her her old flame Paulo. Yeah. Yeah. And you see like Anakin start to get jealous. He's just like, okay, yeah. I get the picture. <laughs> that was funny. He could not. And then he gives like the most it. politically unaware answer ever when they start talking about politics. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't people just get together and talk about stuff and come up with a solution? <laughs> it's like that's exactly what we do. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, well, why don't you just go full Stalin then? <laughs> just make them do what you want. Somebody should make them. Somebody should make them. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. and, then, and then he's like, "No, I was kidding." <laughs> <laughs> I never really understood the rules on. I knew I knew Jedi's weren't supposed to marry and they weren't supposed to love or whatever, but Anakin found a loophole, and I never really paid attention until this. Well, you could say they are encouraged to love. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't really find a loophole. Well, he he when when she brings it up, she's like, "I thought Jedi's weren't supposed to love," and then he says, "Like that's unconditional love." Uh, he's talking about agape love, love, is what he's talking about. Yeah, he's playing he's playing hot and loose with yeah. definitions. Attachment Anyways, is attachment forbidden. Is forbidden. <laughs> I always thought it was weird the way he said that was forbidden forbidden it was like this weird i don't know enunciation to it he's canadian we can't (laughs) trust the way they say words (laughs) meanwhile the rest of the movie he showcases his his position as the ceo of attachment yeah yeah Yeah. he just obsesses over her it's it's a little bad but anyways in it uh obi-wan i I didn't realize how much like obi-wan didn't care for her i've noticed since you said he didn't care for jar jar at all last episode I was like, mm-hmm. who else does he not care for? I've been paying a lot more attention to him. And he, he just does not care about Padme that much. <laughs> she he just knocked out of that ship and he's just like, <laughs> leave her. Leave her. <laughs> but there's also like a line at the beginning where he's like talking about her. Uh, well, Anakin's like, it's been 10 years and everything. And uh, he says, remember your commitment to the Jedi Order. Besides, she's a politician and she's not one to be trusted. Yeah. yeah. He gets he gets pretty he gets pretty sentimental uh you know in the last half of uh revenge of the sith though yeah he but doesn't like politicians is what it is because he, he, has, he says a some politician in the clone wars yes but that that didn't happen when this movie was filmed oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have a they have a fling tinted at but it's never it's never uh obi-wan is a he's a rule follower and he he doesn't he doesn't go for it yeah he he definitely doesn't like politicians because he, he says some things about palpatine in this one and in yeah. the next one. So I think yeah. he just doesn't trust trust him. That was what the... Um, I don't know why he's trusting the Jedi Council, but... It was sort of like <laughs> the background dialogue when the camera was like pointed on Padme sleeping and you could hear them talking behind the door. They were talking about like how they don't really trust him and uh, how he doesn't really trust Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And Anakin was already defending him. He's like, I don't know. I think he's kind of great or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But regardless of Obi Wan's stances, he is bomb bad as they get. <laughs> I mean, just him, just jumping out the window, trying to get oh, that. Yeah. He breaks. Not only does he break through the glass, he doesn't even see what's going on because of the blinds. So he has to go through the blinds and the glass, and then he catches the drone thingy like five hundred feet in the air. Yeah, like that's that's a cool. That's his best scene in my opinion. No, it's not. It's not really my <laughs> or the or his best scene. Like I immediately regret saying that. I think in this movie, his best scene, his coolest bombad scene was when he destroyed that like praying mantis spider thing. Oh yeah, that in the arena because cool. he goes for one leg, the other leg slaps the neck and then stabs it like four shots. You know, he's done. I I I always loved his scene against Django. I always yeah. thought that was such a cool scene because it was like the first time we ever saw a Jedi like really have like a full blown duel against just one on one a Jedi against you know about a non 
Jedi. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, you got, you got, um, you know, you got your scene in uh, return of the Jedi um, when they were on, you know, Jabba the Hutt's carrier or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, the sail barge. Yeah. But that wasn't really the same thing. Cause it, they're just like all like everywhere and they're just trying to get free and stuff. It wasn't like this, like intense one-on-one yeah. and the whole, like the whole thing in the rain, it was just mm-hmm. so cool with his, with his blue lightsaber against, mm-hmm. Oh dude, it was so cool. This is the coolest Star Wars movie. <laughs> I think visually, aside from Yoda's terrible CGI, it, it was one of the more like visually compelling films. Yes, of, yeah. of the prequels for sure. I I love Jango Fett. Period. Oh, yeah, Jango so, Fett better than Boba Fett. He's such a cool character. I love Jango. <laughs> he's the same but, thing. But one of. But he's cooler because he's blue. Oh yeah. <laughs> one, one of George Lucas's crimes is that he always kills the best characters too early. Can I get an amen on Darth Maul? Amen. Yes, I can. Because he had to retcon the ever loving crap out of <laughs> out of Darth Maul. Because <laughs> homeboy should have read rode through the whole prequels, and Anakin should have been the one to kill him to take his place as Darth as Darth Vader. Yeah. That is my great critique and I'm still I'm still with Darth Dar, uh, Jar Jar. <laughs> I'm good with that. I didn't I don't I didn't need Count Dooku. Well, he does he does add to it. I see I've always liked Count Dooku in these I, movies. I, I, I know there's I, some critiques about it, but I I like him. I always thought he was random. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would have made sense if uh, Obi Wan like injured um, Darth Maul in a less ridiculous way, i.e., not cutting him in half. You know, <laughs> do do like a soft core Anakin. You know, chop off his legs or something, and then he comes back. Yeah. You know, and then him have like some beast mode uh, episode two, and then gets finished off in episode three. Like I just thought Dooku was such yeah. a bizarre like placeholder that's all he was to me was just a placeholder because he didn't really do anything other than just kind of like talk with the separatists and then after that he was done there was nothing else he really did because he they finished him off so early in the third movie that he didn't really have a a purpose after that which darth maul could have done all of that and looked way cooler and would have had a much better lightning or a a lightsaber uh (laughs) sequence He's also like an octogenarian trying to take on like two healthy young men at the same time. So that, that was weird. And beats him. <laughs> yeah. And completely dismembers the, the them. The thing with, with Count Dooku is I, I feel like there's, I think the trouble with the prequels is there's some, some interesting like concept and story threads that are kind of like hinted at and you don't really get a whole lot of information. Cause I, I think the whole backstory with Count Dooku with like, he was like Yoda's former Padawan and, he was a fallen yeah. Jedi, and that 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 backstory I think is pretty cool. We don't really get a whole lot of that. And then also like the the stuff with like the Ma- Master Sifo-Dyas, who mm-hmm. like ordered yeah. the the the, uh, the army. You get a little bit of more information in the Clone Wars, but I still I still think there's like there's a cool story there that hasn't really been told. Yeah, yeah. there's not a lot there, and that's confusing to people who like are just trying to watch it and get the whole story, and then you never do. Like yeah. you just watch yeah. the prequels and like. When are they going to go into Sifo-Dyas? And they're like, well, they never do. 
Yeah. They just mention him in passing and they're like, honestly, I completely forgot about him. Yeah. I, I forgot how important well, they just mentioned he's him. not even important, but like, yeah, yeah they but... mentioned him like twice and then that's it. I just assumed they wanted the clones in the first place. Specifically with, um, with Count Dooku, I was rewatching it this time. I was thinking about how, um, I think the opening crawl basically says that, uh, Count Dooku is like working with the separatists and whatnot, mm-hmm. but yeah. they're they're The Jedi are like talking at certain points in the movie and they're, they're kind of doubtful that like Count Dooku is like on the dark side. He's like, he used to be a Jedi. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, you know, commit these, these attacks on the Senator or anything like that. But it's like, I mean, there's gotta be a backstory. Like, why did he leave? I mean, usually when we see people leave, it's cause they like turn to the dark side, <laughs> you know? So yeah. was it just a situation where he's just like, I, I don't agree with the ideals of the Jedi. I'm leaving. I'm not going to go start killing people, but eventually the emperor gets to him and he's got a red lightsaber. So there's, there's just like interesting stories there. And I, I just don't really know what, what happens. Might well, be the, a good the, clone well, wars season. Well, the whole the thread of, of episode two is like expressing how, like ignorant and blind the Jedi are though. Yeah. So like, even though they say that about him, like they don't even know that the Sith Lord is chilling out like next door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like they have full blown conversations with him and they can't, they can't see it. Right. So that's like kind of the whole thing about it too. Going from like episode one, did you know Palpatine was the emperor or did, was that a surprise to you when you got to two and three? Um, by the time I got through episode two, it was pretty, yeah, pretty clear. I mean, I but yeah. like, like I, I mean, I was seven when I watched yeah episode one, so I didn't really have the, you know, the, the capacity to really dissect it like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was, I think I knew by the end of this one. Yeah, but the first one, it was. I think that one specifically was filmed a little bit differently to make it seem more yeah more uh more apparent. tricky more confusing like who's who did you have any notes jeremy oh yeah oh yeah we <laughs> could talk about the opening chase scene one of anakin's most bomb bad scenes is when he picks the right speeder and then they get lost and then obi-wan's just complaining about how it's not a shortcut and they're completely lost and he's like well if you'll excuse me and he just jumps right out (laughs) that was cool i don't know why but i always loved the sound of zam's speeder i don't know why i just always thought it was so cool let's talk about all the sounds uh including that charges seismic charges if somebody had if somebody were to ask me what movie has the best sound design it would be this one oh it's so good the we got our man ben burt on the case working on all these star wars movies (laughs) it's it's, but but this one specifically like the last one had some good ones but this one dude every single random thing in this universe has its own unique sound oh i know like like when you're on geonosis and there's so many like ancillary sounds so many random little things dude it's so good like those those flying bug things geonosis creatures they their language has like 17 different noises 
<laughs> and it's it's weird and you don't think of it anywhere else. Yeah, I remember all the creatures in the arena have their own like specific sound too. Yeah, yeah it was really so cool. good. And that yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that metal man with with the <laughs> the metal man with the with the gears on his chest. The Techno Union Army. Yeah. Need Stephen Hawking. Yeah. <laughs> the, but no. Okay. The the rhino, uh, whatever red rhino thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was like, that thing was so cool. <laughs> um, but the Obi Wan's spider guy was oh, like that's shrieking. And wasn't that just amazing to see mm. them bring that back in the Mandalorian? Oh, I know. Yes. That, <laughs> that was like my second most favorite thing to, to Luke Skywalker. I saw Luke Skywalker and then I saw Seismic Charges. I yep. was like, perfect. <laughs> I see what you're doing, John Favreau. I see, I see you, Dave Filoni. Oh, man. And it just like like the like split second of silence before oh. it just bursts yeah. and you're just like oh it's so satisfying <laughs> even with boba's like stupid little laughing hit <laughs> him dead yeah <laughs> but Django's blaster Django's blaster another another oh. good one so oh. good even even when Obi-Wan is like falling to his death in Kamino and he's got his little he's got Django's uh, yeah. little little rope and he zips it, and it's just got that little yeah. Just so many satisfying little little sounds. I don't. It sounds so stupid, but it's just so many no. satisfying little things. Best sound effects, best foley. I, I feel like is. yeah, the guy that does the sound design on these, his name's Ben Burt, and I, I've heard them talk. I've heard people talk about how like there's always this like tug of war between John Williams and Ben Burt in making <laughs> these movies because it's like he does all this like amazing sound design and then sometimes it gets like covered up with the music but then uh. sometimes like the music like gives it a chance you know <laughs> to like have the the great sound sound design I, I I think there's at least one sequence in a movie that like he really gets to shine I think in the first one it was the pod race I think that yeah had amazing sound design that and was good. I think the seismic charges was the the one in this movie, mm-hmm. probably for sure. I don't know. That stadium scene is the so, is pretty good too. Yeah. So impressive with Play. all the different engines of the clone, uh, the lightsabers, the blasters, the droids. Uh, you know, then you have the the duel between Anakin and and Dooku. Every individual speeder at the beginning. Yeah, it's just so good. You, you mentioned that like the speeder chase and stuff, and I, I just love at, at the beginning of the movie in Coruscant. I love like the underground, lower levels of Coruscant. I always thought that yeah. sequence was really cool. And it's some some of the stuff I like about the Clone Wars is some of the episodes where they're just on the planet and they kind of they have episodes where they go down to the lower levels. Dude, the I would have in the killed. Club, I just thought that was really cool as a kid. <laughs> I would have killed for an open world Star Wars game, especially for Coruscant. Back then, oh, in Coruscant, Ooh, like a like, like a, a racing game. Hmm. Oh, I thought Battlefront would be really cool in Coruscant. That would, that be, would be crazy. Cool. Yeah, but I'd be down with that. I always loved the color, like like the color palette 
that they used in, in like the Coruscant chases where it was all like real dark blues. And then they just had like the random mm-hmm. like yeah. yellows and purples. It was, it, it just looked really cool. The whole, the whole, you know, with the uh, power couplings and everything, it, like the whole thing was just really cool. The way that it was put out like visually, it just, the whole film, as far as just the visuals just looked really dynamic. I mean, Camino looked really dynamic. Geonosis was like just crazy, but it looked really cool. Agreed. Uh, Tatooine is Tatooine. We've seen it a million times, but yeah. Agreed. And in the words of Boba Fett, yup. <laughs> <laughs> Best sound design of any movie I've ever seen. I just want to listen to sleep sounds of just the seismic charge. On repeat. <laughs> it, it takes me like three to fall asleep to. <laughs> like a 10 hour loop on YouTube. I bet there is one. Guaranteed. You guys want, you guys want to take bets? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I'm, five bucks. <laughs> Seismic charge 10 hours. Yep. It's there. Yep. <laughs> Yes, it is. Is it really? There's multiple, actually. (laughs) There's a two-hour version. It's called Two Hours Seismic Charge Sound, in parentheses, How to Get High. (laughs) 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 Seismic Charge, 10 hours. Um, The best sound in Star Wars. Um, so, you know, when back when he was surfing on the sweet potatoes in Naboo, so they're talking outside in the field, and she asks him, you don't like politicians, do you? And he says, I like two or three, not really sure. Who is he talking about? Is he flirting with her, saying, like, I'm not sure if I like you? Because he's already told her that he's in love with her. Well, he says, um, I'm not sure about one of them. And yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about one of them. You know he's talking about three. That's Padme, Palpatine. And Jar Jar? Gotta be. That's gotta be Jar Jar. And is he not sure about that one? Or is he not sure about Palpatine? I don't know. He only likes politicians from Naboo. That's it. That makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, do you want to talk about the music at all? Transition from uh, sound design? Hey, it's another great score from John Williams. <laughs> you know, this one actually has That's a lot of favorites. repeated stuff from the first one. Yeah. Um. He scored like several movies this year. And so he was just on this like huge time crunch. I think he did like Minority Report for Steven Spielberg, um, Chamber of Secrets, and then this one. So I think this one has some more um, like repeated stuff from the first one than new stuff. But I always remember with the prequels, they always released at least like one song was like almost as if it's like a hit single, you know, and they (laughs) would have like a little music video. And it was like the Duel of the Fates was one. And then this one is the love theme across the stars for yeah um anakin and padme and then the third one is the battle of the heroes the anakin versus obi-wan fight oh yeah uh so what it would there's i feel like this movie has a lot more fan service to the original trilogy people than any of the other movies um especially with the music because i'm i wonder what like i want to be in like the old person's perspective when it comes to um seeing the clones for the first time and hearing mm-hmm. the Imperial March. Yeah. That's got to be really freaky because 
you don't know if they're good or bad and we're supposed to think they're good which they are good for like most of the time mm-hmm. um but i was just wondering like if what were your thoughts during that scene for the first time yeah that scene i i immediately thought of like oh these are i guess these people turn into like stormtroopers eventually like yeah, <laughs> yeah that's I was, what i thought that's kind of what i was thinking yeah. of that scene um and it was like this whole thing is like what what happens i I wasn't sure if the stormtroopers in the original trilogy were, were clones or not, or I just, you know, it, the way it's mm-hmm. filmed and with the music, you know, it's like, like, yes, they won the battle, but there's like this foreboding like theme to that yeah. scene there. So, you know, it's kind of hinting at what the, I don't know what the empire to come is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. They did that with Anakin too. Cause it's the first time that Anakin is given the Imperial March uh, yeah. soundtrack even though it's slowed down and muted for the first time when yeah. he goes melee on the Tuscan Raiders, he gets his very first. Ooh, I was going to talk about that right after that scene, when he looks up after he has the monologue about slaughtering them, women and children. My favorite part of the score is when he looks up and then all you hear is like, it's almost like Alfred Hitchcock, like psycho music, but star Wars version. Because you could see the cr- the first time you see a crazed look in his eye, like you could first. Oh the yeah, first like right after his visual- mom dies. Yeah, you can see like, all the evil in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and, he's, and he just goes nuts. It was Hitchcocky, and yeah. I thought that was cool. He's got like the creepy yeah. look in his eyes. Mm. I think that's the best yeah. part of the score for sure. So, I remember seeing the in the droid factory, like when like Anakin gets like trapped on the conveyor belt and it starts like welding his arm to the, the new droid. I thought that he was turning into a cyborg and like, he would just leave the droid factory like half oh, yeah. robot. And I thought he was going to turn into Darth Vader at that point still as a good guy. And then just be dark, just be like Darth Vader as a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've heard that before, but that's, that's a, uh, I don't know, not a bad theory. I just remember thinking, I was like, is this when it happens? Yeah. And I was wrong because he just immediately (laughs) gets it off. But maybe that's maybe that's some symbolism or foreshadowing that he will turn into a cyborg. So I don't know. I don't know if y'all ever thought about that. Surprisingly enough, even though I was obsessed with it, I I don't know if I just don't have that big of imagination. I didn't (laughs) spend like that much time like trying to connect dots. Like, where's the story going to go next? I mean, the, the really the only thing that I could really focus on was i remember the lines in empire and return of the jedi where obi-wan is like talking to luke about like his sister and and then when he talks to leia and she's like oh do you remember your mom and she's like a little bit it's like you knew your mom for like five seconds and then she died <laughs> <laughs> but like um so it's just like more of the family stuff that's kind of the stuff like i wanted to know how he was gonna how he was going to turn to the dark side. That was my main yeah. concern. That was basically it. So I wasn't as concerned about like, oh, how does the empire get formed and all this stuff? Because that just wasn't the main thing for me. Watching it this time through is very, it's it ends very unsettling. Unsettlingly. Mm-hmm. Just like, I guess I didn't like understand. Does. It's the middle, middle part. Yeah. That makes sense. But like watching them get married, you're just like, oh yeah, they got married, cool. But no, that's <laughs> like his open act of rebellion that you actually yeah. see. And he's like, oh no, he's actually going down that path. Like, this is it. 
he killed mm-hmm. he killed those Tuscan Raiders horribly. What's next? Younglings? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this is why I love the prequels so much is because it gives like humanity to Anakin's turn to the dark side. Yes. It's not it's not this like completely evil person like Saruman or uh Voldemort you know he's this very complex character who ends up getting ahead of his skis because he loves these people so much that he he doesn't know how to help them and then he Mm -hmm. ends up getting consumed by it which is like the most human thing possible which in return spices up the original trilogy because then when when luke pulls him back it's the same thing that pulls him back is that he loves his family yeah you know what i mean so it's like what made him lose lose the light is also what you know helped him get it back that's why i like the prequels so much because it's it puts a little bit more juice in it it doesn't take away from the original trilogy it's just better well the yeah, the, the prequels are have a lot more like philosophy and it just like enhances character it. <clears throat> Yeah, like the like the breakdown of the character psychology and all of that that yeah. goes into it. And I mean you got a little bit of that with like Luke and and Vader, but it just wasn't as all you all you got was Luke like, I'll never turn. Yeah. It they're wasn't real. Good, they're still good in you. I feel it. And that was like it's like, yeah, that's that's inspirational to to an extent, but yeah. you have no idea how Darth Vader got to where he got, and so it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And then you're like, oh man, he like tried to save his mom and he lost his mom. He tried to save his wife and he lost his wife. He tried to like save everyone he ever loved and he lost all of it. And now he's got his son finally like coming back to him. And then yeah. that's like fine. Like when he sees his son dying, right? The last the last one of the last things he has that's when he's like oh man this is it you know it just gives it that much more like pizzazz it doubles or triples the amount of value his character has yeah i would you say. just have to fight through the terrible acting but yeah. but but the character development's there like yeah the, like the writing is there and that's what's so good about it beautiful so good makes you want to cry well and it's like well, save it for Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't. I didn't cry in this at all. I will. Well, my, th- my thing is that outside of that, that's like the the only thing that's just been created out of whole cloth that's been like very successful that hasn't been adapted out of books since like two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> like everything has just been rehashes or sequels or. You know, like that's why that's why the the Star Wars sequels were trash because there's nothing there. They don't have yeah. like any meat on the bone. Whereas the prequels actually tried to like bring more into the original trilogy to build these characters up. So you yeah. you understand the motives of Palpatine. You understand what drove Anakin off the deep end. But yeah, that was like. That was why I loved the prequel so much, because as I got older and started like reading into it more, I was like, man, you know, like getting into like the headspace of Obi-Wan, you know, like, dude, that scene, Uh, that scene 
when you know he's like you know i loved you you know uh, oh, don't dude. we will not talk about I know, this. i know i know i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but <laughs> i want like, to but i'm gonna cry that's why we can talk about yeah. it but i'm gonna <laughs> most but emotional scene it just it just gives you so much more depth to the characters that that the that you fell in love with in the original trilogy that the sequels just don't that they just don't do it they don't do anything for the characters uh one thing uh just a s- side note watching this movie did anyone count how many times the word "milady" was said? Yeah, that, that was. You learned. You learned what that word meant with this. With this one, that that's the vocab word for this movie. Or <laughs> or I'm sorry, master. <laughs> you heard that about a billion times too. Obi Wan would be very grumpy if he caught me doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Obi Wan's gonna kill me if he finds out. Yeah, he's holding me back. I'm in charge of security here. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that, that reminds me. H- half of this movie is just like secondhand embarrassment for Anakin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, like, you go, and like, you know, like, I've experienced this going over to my good friend Paul's house here. You know, when you go to like your friend's house and they get in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like awkward for you because they're like getting yelled at by their mom. Do I get spanked too, or what do I do? There's just, like, <laughs> there's just so many moments when like Obi Wan scolding him, and then he's like with the with the security there at, at Naboo, and she's talking down to him, and, <laughs> and she's like, "No, I grew up here. We're definitely following my lead." <laughs> she's like, "I'm sorry," <laughs> and then just like some cringy scenes at like by the fireplace or by the like, like when she's like packing to leave at her her apartment or whatever it is in Coruscant. And it's just yeah. like, I'm just like embarrassed for this guy. Give her yeah. some space, dude. I know you're a bodyguard, <laughs> but still. Yeah. Do you want to do the IQ test now, Jeremy? Yeah. All right. Sure, sure. You listened to the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. So we started a thing where I think it was the episode we had Logan on, Journey to the Center of the Earth. We were going to yeah. have like guests take an IQ test. And so I wrote some questions for that, and they're just more like general movie questions, but I figured, well, we're doing Star Wars. We need a Star Wars IQ test, so. Yeah. All right, Paul. Question number one. What's your favorite Star Wars planet? My favorite Star Wars planet is either Hoth or Kashyyyk. Oh, interesting. Okay. Kashyyyk is so cool looking to me. You like the tree Explain. houses. Well, um. And is this because of Battlefront? I actually loved Hoth because of Battlefront. I mean, I liked Hoth because of Battlefront and Empire Strikes Back. Um, And it was just such a such a cool scene. But Kashyyyk to me just looked so neat. Yeah. I mean, it was like a like a rainforest. I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) With all like their crazy like tree houses and stuff. Yeah. It's like indoor, but with self-respect. So, with taller, like, with, with <laughs> but with taller Ewoks, <laughs> and they got a beach. Yeah, yeah, and they've got a beach. So that was one of my favorite maps on Battlefront for sure. Um, but I think we like. I said this last time. I think you like Hoth subconsciously because it has snow, and we didn't have snow growing up. That's why. Yeah, well, I am moving to Alaska, so I'm about to like live in Hoth for six months ah, out of the year. That's why he's moving. <laughs> yeah. Hey. All so. right. Question number two: what, Who's your favorite character? Ooh, I. Dude, this one's hard. 
Okay, who's your least favorite character? <laughs> My least favorite character is... Um, I even thought about this today. Um, it's got to be that that uh, senator from Naboo, the white, the the guy with the white beard. All he does is just complain. Oh, CO Bibble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must contact I me. I love him. <laughs> He's got Santa some Claus. great quotes. <laughs> You must death con- toll is catastrophic. <laughs> yeah. You must contact you me. You must contact yeah. me. <laughs> and it's like he's he has a brief little cameo in episode two, and he's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. and he's just he does nothing but complain. No, he just sits. He just sits by the queen and and just complains all the time. <laughs> he's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I know that's like a little bit of an abstract pick, but no, that's fine. Any character counts. Hey, it's your, it's your life, uh, man. So who, <laughs> no wrong your, answers. Who would be your favorite character? Um, and last time we can just say it, it's hard to pick the main character. So who's your favorite weird character, like side character? I've always liked uh, Mundi. Kiati Mundi. Yeah. The Jedi. Yo, Jonathan, the, how do you know these names? <laughs> Look, yeah, Kiati Mundi. I knew his last name. I, just, I actually knew that one because I had one of those those episode one books as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Mundi was always cool. I, I always thought he looked really weird, but a weird shaped head. But he <laughs> like he was always really. What about the droid attack on the Wookies? <laughs> yeah. As far as like weird obscure characters, he was always kind of one I've always liked for like some weird reason. All right, next question: Light side or dark side? Ah, uh, I've got a. I've always been sympathetic to the dark side, man. I've always Darth Maul was just so awesome. Such an awesome character that I just couldn't get over it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh best Star Wars viewing order. Oh, I, Jonathan knows my crazy theory. So I'm a big fan of one, two, and then you go. Four, five, then three, then six. Okay. So you are aware of the machete order. All right. Order. I think that's. Yeah. I think that one's a little bit of a different take, though. Is on it? it? Yeah. Isn't that machete order? What is machete order? Well, there's a few different variations because there's some that are just like, I'm gonna machete the prequels and not watch anything but the last thirty minutes of the <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I remember stupid. talking to you about this years ago. Yeah. Like but, that was like my order because because you get like the installment of the prequels and you kind of get like some of the backstory. But before he goes full blown, you get yeah. Luke and you kind of get the whole the whole gist of the trilogy, the original trilogy. And then you see yeah. Anakin go ham and then you see him go full Darth Vader at the end. Yeah, I think it's just a fun. It's a fun way to watch it if you've already seen them all. Would that be the way you show your kids first? Uh, that's that different. Might, it might be confusing. I think just yeah. have several kids and switch it up each time and just see how they do it. Whichever one doesn't like Star Wars at the end of 18 years, <laughs> that's the wrong way to show it. <laughs> okay, so Jedi versus Sith or Rebels versus Empire? Okay. I, I feel like there's a few different aspects of what makes up Star Wars, but the main, uh, you've got like the Jedi versus the Sith story. You've got the political side whether it's rebels versus empire 
And then there's just like everything in between, like the bounty hunter type stuff, the underworld, the kind of grungy side of Star Wars. Like, what's your favorite aesthetic of Star Wars? I've always liked the spaghetti Western, like like space Western side of Star Wars the most. Yeah. And I'm kind of mad that, like, again, like the sequels didn't have enough of that. It was too much about the whole Jedi thing and not enough about the fact that it's yeah. a space western which is why the mandalorian is so, so good because yeah. it, it is it is a space western and it does all the justice in the world to it i yep. love that just this space cowboy zipping around going from town to town just doing him dirty i love it my <laughs> my favorite episode of the mandalorian is that season two premiere that is a straight up western like oh yeah it's like frieza where they're on tatooine with the uh the great dragon mm. that's my favorite episode of, oh, it's, of all of it it's so good last question not really a question we want you to quote your favorite star wars quote my favorite star wars quote since we're doing the prequels we will allow one serious quote and one cringy quote um when he talks about um you know, they're animals and I slaughter them like animals, not just the men, but the women and the children too. Like that's dude, that's such a like intense quote of the, yeah. from the prequels. That's like the first time where he like finally is like starting to lose his edge. Such a intense quote. I hate them. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Then, and then you get, I hate you. <laughs> While he's getting barbecued. Um, I will be prepping my mediocre impressions for next week for sure. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's so many like little funny, like quirky quotes, but to keep like keeping it serious, those are like the, the two like yeah. favorite serious quotes. And what's your worst? What's the worst quote? Cringiest. Is it um, the sand? Yeah, that's got to be the worst one. It's coarse. <laughs> it's rough. It's irritating. And it gets you everywhere. <laughs> But not like here, where everything's soft and smooth. Oh. <laughs> and, he's and he's like trying to like stroke her back. That's uh. the worst. Uh. <laughs> it's like it's like easy pimp daddy save save some for the rest of us. <laughs> well, that concludes our IQ test for you, Paul. We you, I, yeah. you there's no wrong answers, but you did pass. Just so you know. Uh. I appreciate it. <laughs> Solid A minus. I don't know what the minus is for, but I wish like when we were doing the the test, like we had these like tablets, and he just needs to guess what the image is on the front, like in episode one when they're testing Anakin. It's <laughs> yeah. like a ship, a cup, a cup. <laughs> <laughs> Mace just looks over at Yoda and nods. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Yeah, as we're as we're kind of wrapping up here, one of the things about just Obi Wan, we've already talked about him, but I just love how he just ups the sass in this movie. Yes, yeah. I mean just so much. That's what happens when you get the mullet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this right here is what inspired seven seasons of Obi Wan sass in the Clone Wars. <laughs> in the Clone Wars, <laughs> you get the mullet, and the like, sass comes with it. You get yeah. a little bit of it in Episode One. Yeah, but this one, he just dials it up. Ten. so and, much and it, it just resulted in many prequel memes because of it 
she can't do that. Someone shoot her or something. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's actually a good idea. Like, why don't they just shoot them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're trying to kill them, and they're just, like, going to watch them, like, escape. Yeah. <laughs> this is not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know if y'all are here for it, but I'm here for it. C-3PO's arc in the droid mix-up where he's just like the whole like C-3PO Roger Roger switch I was dying in the theater and I was dying today you know <laughs> oh man he even had like a life alert joke and everything he's like yeah. I'm trapped and I can't get up I I am a C-3PO fan yep. I know that's not everyone is I, I kind of feel like you aren't a big, big fan of him he's annoying in doses in doses and so I can see where certain people just in this movie in particular would just be like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Videos. No, yeah. <laughs> I liked him. As a kid, I loved it. it was... I liked him in episode. I liked him in all the almost all the episodes except for number two. <laughs> Basically, the last half hour was just too much. Too much C-3PO. <laughs> I, feel like, just... I feel like this has the most character development for C-3PO. <laughs> I guess character programming. He re- he really went on just the kidding. hero's journey in this episode. He really did. He really. It was just the. It was just the. <laughs> he showed like, his funny side at least. The puns and the one-liners. They were just like one after another. He got yeah. all the dad jokes. And I just wish that it was a little bit more the whole like arena fluid. scene because you're getting it yeah. with, between Obi Wan and C three PO and yeah, it's just like like when R like, dragging his head. He's like, oh, this is such a drag. <laughs> yeah it's just like non-stop but like they did it in episode one and you know there were some funny some funny my lines pots are showing yeah my, what do you mean my naked? goodness <laughs> <laughs> but i mean he was really funny in the original trilogy too though I yeah mean, he was yeah i mean he was like the comedic relief you know comedic relief i don't know for whatever reason episode two just wasn't wasn't my favorite c-3po showing for me what rewatching the the uh the arena scene um when uh mace windu takes a little bit off the top of uh jango fett hey. yeah <laughs> i i always thought as a kid like i thought like was his head still stuck in the helmet because i always thought that scene when like boba picks it up like, yeah. i was like picking up his i always thought he was like holding his dad's severed head so, or but... somebody made a fan edit of that on tiktok or something <laughs> and it's just him dramatic music and it just slides out and you hear a thud on the crowd (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) oh i do want to talk about that because i think they could have done better with boba's character at that at that point because he just doesn't show any emotion at all if anything like this as soon as he gets his head chopped off it cuts over to him of him noticing but he looks almost intrigued or like interested in it and he like yeah. leans over, but then he's not like freaking out that his own father just died, you know, or he he's not reacting in that way. And I feel like they could have done that a little bit better. That's my mm-hmm. only complaint about this movie. Yeah, that's your only complaint. Well, because they they okay. add because like Boba Fett is already such a dull character in the original trilogy. Like he's, he doesn't show anything. The most we've gotten out of him was in season two of Mandalorian. Yeah. And I love that character now but it just made it made me want more from the prequel. It was always so funny that he turned into a, like a cult classic. Like so yeah. many people loved him when he literally had two lines in the original trilogy. Yeah. 
and he had one of the most embarrassing deaths <laughs> in the in yeah. the Star Wars yeah. universe. Hey, but he got that Wilhelm though. He just looked cool. That's that's when that's an embarrassing death, pretty much. <laughs> if you get the Wilhelm scream when you die, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. speaking of embarrassing, you remember when uh he was looking for at the beginning, Obi Wan was looking for the lost planet of Kamino, and then he go he interrupts Yoda's class and he's like, mm, "Lost a planet you have? How embarrassing!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just totally roasted him in front of the pad, in yeah. front of the younglings. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look on Amazon and see if I can get me one of those Camino spoon chairs because those are cool. Oh man, <laughs> just just the perfect amount of milk. Mm. You know, it's just <laughs> those chairs. <laughs> they don't look terribly comfortable, especially no. for people who have legs that are about four and a half feet long. <laughs> right, Jeremy, ready to wrap it up? I think it's about time we wrap this up. Um, Paul, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your memories with us because. A lot of us, I don't think our memories were at 100% this time, and I think you were the key to unlocking <laughs> those today. Well, I appreciate um, it. It was fun. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on, and we'll we'll definitely have you on when we do the original trilogy eventually. I, I don't know if we've said this on the podcast or not, but we're just focusing on the prequels right now. Right now. <laughs> have you we'll, ever say we'll, that? Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. going to be just for the prequels because we don't want to do six six weeks in a row of just star wars that's that's going to be exhausting for the people that don't like star wars but three weeks is good enough some of the other franchises we're going to get into i know i know yeah. paul's going to want to talk some lord of the rings yep he's going to want to yep. talk some star wars he's going to want to talk some nacho libre no i just said that one, <laughs> i'm sure he'd be down to talk about it you guys got to do a bonus episode of uh Spaceballs. Yeah. Oh, you're, on, you're on for Spaceballs. That's, yeah. that's, that's a given. Uh, so, Jonathan, next week we're going to be covering your turn, which will be obviously Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we'll wait till next week to start bringing back those surprises. But, uh, Jonathan, let's roll a clip. Roll the clip. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Kill him. Kill him now. I shouldn't. Do it. So our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him at GroovyBridge on Instagram. And if you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at InsideQuotesCast. And we also have a TikTok now. Same handle. And if you have any suggestions for any future episodes, especially for, for this summer, let me know in the DMs. Or if you just have a prequel meme that you want to send me, Tyler, uh, go for it. Good call, my young Padawan. <laughs> And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Uh, we Hold up. We don't have that many of those, Jonathan. Impossible. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. Mm. Lost a review, have you? If a review does not exist in our system, the review doesn't exist. Hey, you know how I know like too many Star Wars characters' names? <laughs> Why? That librarian lady's name is Jocasta New. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Jonathan, you worry me sometimes. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our childhood as much as we liked talking about it. And we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. Till then, we're going to go home and rethink our lives. Well, if you'll excuse me. I hate it when he does that. Why do I get the feeling he's going to be the death of me? Thank <laughs> you.